Welcome to the Socially Misguided Podcast. This is a show where we deconstruct and sometimes laugh about the struggles of living in a culture that is full of toxic beauty standards, patriarchy, and greed. I'm Sarah. I'm a fashion designer turned stay-at-home mom, and I'm constantly asking myself, is this real life? So if you've been wondering the same thing, then this is definitely the place for you. There's a lot to unpack, but don't worry, we're in this together. Welcome back. I hope you're having a great week. We have been so busy, like getting back into the swing of school and the kids are in all of their after school stuff. And then because we went on that vacation this summer, we have a ton of makeup classes. So I feel like every single day is filled with one, if not two activities like outside of school. So it's been great. It's been busy. And then my husband just, um, he's back in school as well. So Busy over here trying to get adjusted to the fall routine. So you may be in the same boat with all that kind of stuff going on. And then last week was really fun because I got to be a guest on the Selfish Confidence podcast. So that was a really fun new thing that I had never been a guest before. So yeah, that was a pretty fun experience. So as I've been thinking about how to structure today's episode... I keep going back to the idea of like personal stories, right? I think that personal stories connect us. I'm one of those people that like, I don't want to just know the surface level. I want to actually know like how you're doing and, you know, (laughs) tell me your trauma if you want or just tell me your favorite flavor of ice cream, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with. But I do like to kind of dig a little deeper. And I think that storytelling is something that connects everyone. So I wanted to start off today's episode telling you a story about something that happened to me when I was younger and when I was living in LA. So before I get into that quick content warning, this episode is definitely mature content. This is not for kids. So pop in your ear pods if you've got kids running around. And two, later in the show, we do have mentions of sexual assault. So if that's not something that you are comfortable hearing or ready to hear, I completely understand it. Um, Feel free to skip this and come back when you feel ready. Okay, so I wanted to tell you a story about an encounter I had when I was maybe like 18, 19. Right after high school, I moved from Colorado to Los Angeles to go to school, and I didn't have a car out there, so I just took, you know, public transportation. And so I would take the metro a lot and I would go on the red line, which basically connects downtown LA to all the way up to like North Hollywood. So for anyone familiar with California, I was going from the Wilshire, Vermont stop to meet a friend in Hollywood. And I get on the train and I notice a group of four guys. And so already this is something that, you know, we as women do, right? We, this idea of like hypervigilance isn't something new to us know your surroundings, be aware, don't be distracted, right? So as I walk past them to get to an empty seat, one of them says, hey, what's your name? As usual, I ignored him and I sat down. But then all four of them moved to the seats around me. And at this point, I'm starting to get that like nervous butterfly feeling in your stomach. And I'm like, oh shit. So one of the other guys looks at me and says, 
my boy asked you a question. And at this point, I'm reluctantly answering him, but I'm kind of obligated to do that at this point, right? So the first guy speaks up again and tells me that I'm pretty and should smile. And I'm going to stop the story right here really quickly, but because these are probably things that so many of you can relate to. Obviously not this exact story, but some version of this, because this is not uncommon, right? And so if you have, you can probably resonate with feeling like, you know, at this point, I'm now part of a conversation that I don't want to be a part of, and I'm trying to be polite enough to not piss them off, but also not so polite that they think that I'm like interested or that this is some kind of, you know, invitation. I'm also super distracted because my brain is kind of on fire thinking, okay, how do I get off the train? Where do I get off the train? What do I do if they follow me? And for anyone who's ever taken public transportation and been on like a subway station, you know, the stations are not somewhere that you want to be if you're in trouble. They're dimly lit. They're dirty. There's lots of areas that are very shadowed. And I don't know if this is the same case as when I was there, but... When I was there, we didn't get cell service down there either. So obviously, again, not a place you want to be if you are in trouble. So it was becoming very clear to me that these guys were not going to stop talking to me. (laughs) They're pretty persistent. And I knew that I needed to get off as soon as possible, but I also didn't want to get off somewhere that I was unfamiliar with. So I decided to get off at Hollywood and Vine because I was familiar with that area and I knew that it was decently busy pretty much any time of day. So the train came to a stop and the doors open and I just stayed sitting. I'm trying to play it cool. I'm trying to like, you know, still engage in their conversation. And I waited until the last few seconds where they have like a little, like a warning bell go off to tell you that the doors are closing. And right as soon as that bell went off, I grabbed my bag and kind of like (laughs) run slash jumped out of the doors. And so lucky for me, this is where the story ends. They didn't follow me. I was fine. But as a whole, women deal with sexism and harassment all the time. And the fact that it's accepted as a normal part of life is complete bullshit. So as I started thinking about this episode and the story that I was going to tell, you know, I started remembering specific instances in my life where I encountered sexism and harassment. And What's crazy about that is it's kind of like an onion. Like one memory leads to another and then another. And it's like, oh yeah, then that happened. And there are just so many instances. But then they're also kind of deep in there because we've just kind of been conditioned to like brush it off and continue with our day, right? Boys will be boys. That's just the way that it is. Oh, it was a compliment. He thought you were pretty. Like, <laughs> and it's not that society's blatantly saying that this is okay, But in other words, they are. Like when we tell women not to go out at night, when women get threats of sexual assault for speaking out on feminism or sexism, society isn't saying, yeah, we should fix the root of the problem. They're saying, get over it, lighten up, take a joke. You're responsible for what someone does to you. And like, that's just part of life. Oh, and we'll throw in some coping mechanisms or safety measures to help you avoid these kind of encounters. And that's the message we all get. So in light of Andrew Tate's recent banning from social media, I thought this would be the perfect time to talk about sexism and sexual harassment. I know even saying that feels a little icky, it feels a little heavier, and it is, right? I mean, this is definitely not something that's enjoyable to talk about. 
but we have to talk about it. We have to look at it. We have to call it out because this is a part of our culture that's been normalized. We've got a pervasive problem with sexism, and that shapes attitudes and behaviors towards people who are not cis-hetero men. And what's infuriating is that people who do these things, you know, usually the idiots trolling the comments section or the ones telling us to lighten up and take a joke, they have no idea what it's like to go through these experiences. Many of us have dealt with some form of harassment or assault in our lifetimes. You know, maybe my story is making you remember some of your experiences. Maybe you experience street harassment where you walk by a guy on the sidewalk and he makes some kind of lewd comment about your body. Or sadly, maybe your experience is more severe. According to the National Sexual Violence Center, 81% of women have experienced sexual harassment or assault in the U.S. Okay, that number, that percentage is staggering. And the sexism is so widespread. This goes from your average Joe Schmo on the street who, you know, makes comments about your boobs to a former president talking about grabbing women by the pussy. Like, this is top to bottom. And let me just tell you another super quick story. I've been harassed and hit on from dudes in the metro to police officers who actually followed me in their car one day when I was walking to the bank. They rolled down the windows, the younger one started flirting with me, and the older one on the passenger side started making comments about, you know, if only he were younger, basically insinuating that if he were younger, it'd be more appropriate if he hit on me and that maybe he'd have a chance. So all this to say, this problem is extremely pervasive. It shouldn't be accepted as normal, and it's going to require a major cultural shift to change it. So I wanted to break down what these terms mean, because I know we hear a lot about sexism and misogyny, but it's kind of like, well, what's the difference, right? So sexism, according to Oxford languages, is defined as, quote, prejudice, stereotyping, or discrimination on the basis of sex, end quote. Basically, this is the discrimination against women based off the belief that men are superior to women. And in order to uphold that claim, sexism requires people to find differences between the sexes. And that's where a lot of, like, gender norms and stereotypes come into play. So there's this really great article in the Swaddle that breaks down sexism and all these terms really well, and I'll link it in the show notes in case you want to check it out. So quick caveat before we move on, sexism can impact men as well. Sexism is not exclusive to women, but because women and the LGBTQ and the trans community experience sexism at a higher rate, those are the groups we're going to be focusing on for today's episode. And since we're in this storytelling spirit, you know, one of my most recent experiences with sexism happened about a month ago when some guy commented on one of my reels and said, quote, the things we value in a man take time to achieve, such as success, wealth, and status, thus why older men are valued, end quote. And then he went on to say that women were able to access social circles outside their beings because of their beauty, where men, quote, bust his ass learning a skill or refining a talent to get the same access, end quote. Like, is your blood boiling right now? I mean, I don't know what planet this idiot lives on, but at the same time, I see why he said that. (laughs) We learn this at a young age. You know, we learn these lies that women are inherently, you know, better at childcare and that their place is in the home. I mean, we learn that from, from childhood, So as much as I think this guy was a complete idiot, like, I also understand why he thinks what he thinks, you know? 
And not only that, then there's also a lot of pushback about, well, women are equal now. You know, women have, there are laws now. And it's like, yes, women are more protected technically than they were before. But having a law in place doesn't mean that women don't experience harassment in the workplace. It doesn't mean that women aren't asked to do tasks like get the coffee and take the notes and make the birthday arrangements at the office. It doesn't mean that women get to go into interviews and not be asked about their childcare arrangements when you know men are not being asked the same question. It doesn't mean that women working in male-dominated spaces aren't harassed and picked on or gaslit because men are upset that they're there. And just because there's a law in place that says women technically are equal, it doesn't mean that women are being treated equally. There's this really kick-ass woman named Laura Bates, and she does a TED Talk called Everyday Sexism that I'd highly recommend watching. And she basically compiles all these stories from women about their experience with sexism, ranging from catcalls to stories of assault, in order to prove that despite these laws and despite this idea that, you know, men and women are treated equally, sexism does exist, and it's very much a part of daily life for women. And we have to talk about this because, again, those same people that think that little sexist remarks aren't a big deal, sexist attitudes can be the building blocks for more dangerous things like harassment or violence against women and misogyny. It creates this foundation where women and LGBTQ and non-binary and trans people are undervalued and unsafe, and when they voice their concerns, they're either shamed or told to shut up. So let's talk about misogyny. Merriam-Webster defines misogyny as, quote, hatred of, aversion to, or prejudice against women, end quote. And typically, this applies to women who kind of challenge these, like, gender roles and talk about sexism and talk about feminism, and they are seen as someone who needs to be punished for doing so, for basically stepping outside of, like, their role, right? So the misogynistic ideology is extremely toxic, So toxic, in fact, misogyny is often linked to mass shootings in the U.S. There's an article from Everytown, and it said that the Biden administration planned to create a task force to track the connection of online harassment, abuse, and mass shootings. So I don't know if this task force came to be, (laughs) but the fact that there was enough concern and enough connection to talk about looking into it, I think is pretty powerful. You know, another way misogyny shows up is when women speak about feminism or sexism online or in politics, it's not unusual for her to be sent rape threats or dick pics. Out of all the women that I follow, you know, whether they're an author and a speaker like Laura Bates, or they are content creators or or activists, you know, a lot of their stories are eerily similar. When they talk about the violent comments and the violent threats that they receive after talking about this kind of stuff. And I think the last example I'll use of this is we're living in a time where men like Andrew Tate get a public platform, get millions of followers, and are influencing those followers with misogynistic rhetoric, and then it takes forever for their platform to be taken down, if it's taken down at all. So I don't think that sexism and misogyny and harassment are things that we need to get over. It's a problem that we should be addressing at the root. So let's talk about Andrew Tate for a second. Do you know who that is? Have you heard of him? 
I definitely don't want to give this asshole too much airtime, but in a nutshell, he was a pro kickboxer and a contestant of Big Brother who, according to the New York Times, actually got kicked off Big Brother after producers found a video of him hitting a woman with a belt. But he had created this online platform where his misogynistic and homophobic propaganda was broadcast to millions of followers. And he was becoming an idol for a lot of young boys to the point where there were several teachers speaking up against his influence on the young boys in their classroom because they were getting so concerned over it. So fortunately, a couple weeks ago, his account started being removed from social media on the grounds of hate speech. I had followed several accounts for months now that were trying to raise awareness about this and trying to get him taken down. And so this is a huge win. But it's also really concerning to think about like the lasting impact of his message and the fact that his message resonated with so many people. He had 4.6 million followers on Instagram and TikTok. You know, and another scary thing to think about is that even though I think this guy is a complete asshole, he's also the byproduct of this environment, right? You know, when we live in a world where we're told that the male sex is superior, Of course, we open up the door for all kinds of issues. You know, issues including toxic masculinity, misogyny, violence against women, like the list goes on. And until we actually address that, he isn't the first and he's definitely not going to be the last. And so that being said, let's talk about the subgroup of guys who have been calling themselves incels. It's something I keep seeing pop up, but I actually did have to look it up for this episode. And it's basically this subculture of mostly men who consider themselves involuntarily celibate. So that word, involuntary celibate, it's, they combine the word to create incel. And this is a group of people who are angry at women for not having sex with them. And a lot of times they're extremely hostile towards women or fantasize about hurting them so that they can punish them for not giving them what they felt they were entitled to get. You know, and the fact that that's a subculture of people that exist, like, that is terrifying, you know? I feel like sometimes we look at these more extreme examples and think, like, it's just a handful of people, but, you know, it's really not. And unfortunately, this message that men are entitled to do what they want when they want, I mean, it's in our movies, it's online, like, it's everywhere. And then when you see the kind of support that these kind of platforms get, Yeah, it's really scary. It's scary from the perspective of someone who is a woman. It's scary for me to think about my sister or my friends or my daughter. You know, and it's scary to think that these people could be friends of my son or that he could fall into that trap if we don't have these conversations early on and frequently, right? So that kind of leads me to, well, what can we do? Like, we need to speak up. I know it's uncomfortable and it's unpopular to say things that piss people off, but call people out when they make sexist remarks, even the ones that you don't think are that big of a deal. Because small seeds grow into big trees, right? You know, report these accounts on social media. I know a lot of times they won't get taken down. They'll come back saying this doesn't violate community guidelines. But honestly, I was super shocked they took down Tate. And maybe, hopefully, (laughs) that's a sign that things are slowly changing. And men, okay, for any men listening to this podcast, hi, thank you for being here. (laughs) Let me first say, I completely understand that this is not all men. I really do. My husband is amazing. I know a lot of great men. That being said, we need you 
to initiate this change with us and openly speak out against problematic behavior. When your buddy makes a sexist remark, your silence or stifled laugh isn't going to cut it. So if you think that the Andrew Tates of the world are dangerous, you need to vocalize that because at the end of the day, these kind of men respect men. If a woman calls out bad behavior, she's either labeled as a man-hater or told to shut up or told to calm down or called a bitch. And of course, it's on us as well. We need to speak out about this, but we need your help. Another thing I'd say is for all of us who are either parents or have kids in their life, if you're an aunt or an uncle or somehow are an influence in kids' lives, we need to openly talk about this with our sons. They need to know how to treat people. They need to know that they are not superior to anyone else. And they we need to openly talk about the privilege and power they have just by being born a male. So I think calling this out whenever you see it and just sort of having this attitude of like a zero tolerance policy for it is going to be really beneficial. So getting off my soapbox, <laughs> that's all I have for today, guys. Feel free to DM me if you want to continue this conversation, if you want to share your stories with me. I always love hearing from you, and I respond back personally. I don't have an admin responding for me on my page. So have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you loved this episode, please do me a favor and share with a friend. It helps us get the name out there so other people can find the show and join our community. For more information or to connect... Find us on social at Socially Misguided Podcast. And remember to follow the show so you don't miss an episode. I'm thankful to be on this journey together, and I'll see you next week.